Boys, boys, boys. I feel like the last time we saw each other in person, we were in Las Vegas. I was putting down some hard cash on the Dallas Cowboys to win the goddamn Super Bowl, and we were losing our ass in blackjack. How the hell are you? Anthony, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, a lot's happened since we spoke to the public. Uh, I'm a married man. You are a father now. Zach I am. could is allegedly a father, depending on the lawsuit, the way it goes. Le- legally speaking, he is not. Legally, I am not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pending the results of several DNA tests. And, yeah, there's appeals in there that can work in. So I'm, I'm feeling very confident on this. That's great. Well, uh, you know, it's good to see you boys. You know, it's 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 been a wonderful time. You know, uh, we, we've had a tremendous offseason personally. Um, the Cowboys have sort of been on the back burner. It's been a very quiet Cowboys offseason. We'll get into all that. I, I don't even know what Andy's put on the agenda today. We're sort of freewheeling back into into conversation with you fine people. So happy to be. Yeah, here. this is just a this is just a get get us back into the groove uh, as we roll into the season. We're about. Uh, two weeks away from the kickoff of the 2022 NFL season. And as such, we need a nice little off-season review slash mid-preseason review of the Dallas Cowboys here on everyone's favorite podcast, Boys Will Be Boys. Uh, This week brought to you by the Warner Brothers smash blockbuster hit, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, and the HBO hit original series, Ballers which is, will be on Sunday nights on HBO at 9 p.m. EST. So check your schedules for that. And everyone, make sure you go out and see The Desolation of Smaug, the greatest sequel to any movie ever made. Tremendous. You know, people might might wonder how a movie that came out roughly 10 years ago is, is sponsoring <laughs> us now, but just don't, don't dive. It turned too. out they had some marketing budget left over for that atrocious mess and they just threw it at us. So, Hey, I, I'll take anybody's gold. I'm like a dragon, you know, I'll take anybody's gold. <laughs> oh, but anyway, All right. uh, I think- so yes, it, it was a, it was a bit of a quiet off season by Cowboys standards. Um, we only had one Barring, player involved in a murder. I was going to say there was one murder <laughs> involving a guy on our team. Um, he is still on the team, so I, I dude, guess how, he got cleared. Dude, what's crazy is we actually talked about that in our last pod, and nothing has come out about it since. Yeah, Jerry just, just pulled the full-on rug sweep on that one, dude. Like <laughs> The family got paid or something. He's still on the team. He's still out here getting cooked on like random by random second- and third-string wide receivers on the Broncos. So, hey, who's to know? Yeah, that's it's so bizarre, but it outside of that, it, it does feel weird to say it was a really quiet Cowboys offseason. Um, even to this point, even camp's been weirdly quiet. Uh, or I don't know, maybe we're not looking quite as uh hyped. Is maybe that it? People are, aren't I, as hyped around the, the I'm not seeing anyone being told that they're, they're gonna be like the underdog, the new great person that no one knows about. I'm not hearing any Rico Gathers type stuff going on. <laughs> But. Yeah, I, I I do think, especially once we the fact that the Cowboys like let some big pieces go, your Randy Gregory's, your Amari Cooper's, those pieces weren't re- really replaced by names of equal stature. Like obviously the Cowboys kind of moneyballed those situations. They were like, okay, we're getting rid of, Rand- rid of Randy Gregory, but we drafted Sam Williams, we brought in Dante Fowler, we got Anthony Barr so to free up Micah for more pass rush situations. Um, 
And so, you know, that's how they're kind of addressing all of these. It's like they let Amari Cooper go, and that doesn't mean they're going to go out and sign a big-name wide receiver. It's like, okay, bump CD up, re-sign Gallup, uh, you know, find some free agents that we think can fit the mold here, sign James Washington, things like that. So I think between those situations and then the fact that camp has really been defined by struggles in several positions, mainly yeah. offensive line, wide receiver, and kicker, I think have been the the headlines I've seen the most. Um, people are kind of a little te- trepidatious about this season going in. I mean, last year, I think, I, I, I don't know how you guys felt. I felt like going into last year, people were at a point where they were like, this is the squad. Like they're as loaded as they're going to get. And the fact that that team did effectively nothing by long-term NFL standards, like they looked really good at some points at the beginning of the season, they looked unstoppable, but since they lost a playoff, their only playoff game, it's like that, that counts for nothing. Um, I think people are kind of done at least this. I, I saw this exact same thing happen with the O seven team where O seven team was loaded. They came out, they won 13 games. Everyone thought they were badass. they, lost in the first round and everyone was kind of like, okay, we're done counting pro bowlers. Like it's not about talent. This team can have all the talent in the world. That That's not what it's about. And I think that's where people are with this team where they're like, we know they can do it. It's just can't, will they do it at this point? And that's how I, I, I'm looking at it for sure. Yeah. Even last year, they, the, the talk was so much about Dak, 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 because he's coming off the major injury. Right. And then McCarthy's like real first year. Cause obviously once Dak got hurt, we just, were god awful so there's a lot of speculation i don't think there's a lot of speculation about this team everyone just feels like hey they probably got a little bit worse but they're still at least i don't know the general feel to me is that they're good they're just not a great team i don't know yeah. if that's the vibe 10, win, are 10 win team in a weak division yeah we're still i mean chance to go go to the as, playoffs doom and gloom people have been we're still the vegas favorite to win the nfc east yeah. we're still a favorite to make the playoffs so i said to you the other day ben i said you know the other thing i think is that most of the players that especially the big names on this team there is no no one is auditioning anymore like last even up to last year i think there was still a lot of like hey is dak you know is can he take that next step or is he not good i feel like we have now seen what dak prescott is like there no one is there's no one out there that's like i haven't made my mind up on dak prescott yet everyone who doesn't like dak uh-huh. doesn't like dak everyone who does like dak does like dak and now it's a matter of he's in the same spot romo was where it's like we know he can put up numbers in the regular season can he win a playoff game that's what he has to do to move to the next level of oh, yeah. like fan I adoration thought i had made up my mind on Dak, and after last season i've i'm undecided what we're which which were okay where uh how ha- what did you think your decision was I thought he was where, great we should stick with him forever he was a phenomenal quarterback now I'm wondering really does he have the consistency fascinating I, mean, I, I would have thought it was the other I, I would have thought it was like the other direction because like last year is he's such a better passer last year than he has been previously. Is it simply because he played poorly against San Fran or just the end of the season? uh, He played very poorly the last half of the season, and it was just this has been a consistent thing. And there was always good, valid reasons. There was a valid reason last year with the uh, injury he had and him coming off of an injury, which is why I'm not just writing him off. But a situation where when they show the same thing over and over again and there's always a different reason why, at a certain point you have to wonder – 
to me, is that really why? Or is this just who he is? You know, it used to be the terrible defense. We get a good defense, now something else. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm wary. I'm waiting to see what happens. Yeah, it's uh, it's very difficult for me to like when a guy when a guy does what Dak did last year, stats wise. It's very difficult for me to see the team moving on from him. Like, regardless of, um, I I am very convinced that Mike McCarthy would get fired before Dak Prescott will get moved no, on from. He would, oh, like, absolutely. Dak, the whole team would get moved on from before Dak would if they kept if they kept one player. It's Dak Prescott. Like, so what's your point? He's reached that. Zeke. He's no, Zeke's. Gone in a year or two, maybe. I don't know. Jerry's so infatuated with Zeke. He loves Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. Honestly, though, Zeke is still like when you hear commercials about this team being played, or they show like the clip of the Cowboys, like you know the little video clips of guys in pregame or whatever. Like Zeke is still one of the first or second guys. Like he's still well, he's, he still sells jerseys. Like that's what I mean. That's important, I, it was, Jerry. It's still it is. was interesting the other day. Someone put up like a. I think I sent it to you, Ben. This list of like this is the definitive ten best running backs in history ranking, and uh, it was like Barry Sanders, uh, Walter Payton, you know, all the usual suspects. And one thing that I really noticed looking at it, I I looked at Barry Sanders' stats. It is fucking crazy how much longer running backs used to last in the league than they do now. So Zeke is 27 this year. He was 26 last year. He feels like he's at, 32. Dude, at 26 years old, Barry Sanders rushed for 1,900 yards. Then he had four more 1,500-yard years, including a 2,000-yard season at 29 years old. Like, if Zeke breaks 1,300 this year, I'm going to be like, holy shit, dude, Zeke really had a comeback. You know what I mean? Like, that'd be amazing. Well, I think his over under in Vegas is like 850 yards. So they don't really think. I mean, that's basically. They, so they think he's going to regress. They think he's going to regress by like 15 percent. Which that is or they job. think Pollard's going to get a ton of carries, or he's going to get hurt. Which I'm not. I'm not against Pollard taking a bigger slice of the load, especially now that Pollard doesn't need to be relied on for the return game. We'll get to why here in a second. A nice little bright spot in an otherwise boring offseason was the uh, emergence of one. Turpin time uh, last Saturday against the Chargers. Um, but yeah, Pollard has had all his like little extra roles kind of taken. You know what I mean? Like he, we don't need him as the gadget guy. We don't, he might play some wide receiver three at the beginning of the season, but once Gallup's back, once Washington's back, they're going to have the bodies they need at those positions. He doesn't need to be out on the perimeter. He doesn't punt or kick return probably with Turpin on this team. And so the question becomes like, okay, Pollard is a running back. Like, what are you going to do with him? And to me, the big question, like just how Zach has kind of been this like position of questioning on Dak Prescott, I am in that position about Kellen Moore. Because no, obviously we had the like tremendous anointment at the beginning of last season where they're doing all, they're having so much fun out there. They're doing all this creative stuff. We're seeing these plays that are like, you know, he, oh, Kellen has these meetings every week where they like watch all this college film from around the country and he pulls the coolest plays from everyone else's playbook and all this kind of bullshit that gets thrown around when a guy's having a hot streak. And then he got he got figured out and they got absolutely shut down. Like Dak was having to force stuff. Receivers are not running the correct route tree. Like CD's looking over the wrong shoulder. People are dropping wide open stuff like 
it was horrible in the back in the in the back stretch. I mean, we had games where we struggled our way to twenty points, and so now well, the question is, Kellen, you have weapons. Like now, people have a year of tape on you. Are you gonna come out and show us? Are you going to take another step? Some guys take another step. Dak has taken another step in many of the seasons where I thought he was done progressing. Like, regardless of what I think about Dak as like, do I think he can win a Super Bowl? He is, at this point, a more polished passer than I ever thought he was going to be as a rookie. Like, I thought Dak's ultimate form was kind of like, you know, really good leadership, intangibles, game manager guy who could like, quote, get it done. Um, and he has, he has demonstrated that he has worked his way into being like one of the, you know, our, you know, our argument becomes seven to 15 guy in this league. And that's, yeah, that's higher than uh, I ever saw him being. So is Kel maybe Kellen is that guy too, from a coaching perspective. I don't know. Well, Dak, you know, on that, on that note and kind of the circle back to what Zach was saying is Dak has always been a greater than the sum of his parts guy. We had this talk the other day, Andy, like if you For just sure. look like he doesn't wow you the way, even like Justin Herbert right, does. Obviously, he sure. doesn't have the arm of Mahomes or Josh Allen. Doesn't have the running ability, obviously, of a Lamar or maybe even, I don't know, younger Russ or even Josh Allen. Like, you know, he doesn't do anything that just wows you. But at the same time, he's just so solid. He's one of those guys that, that those intangibles that inherit competitiveness and just grit. True. Like, the guy just carries in spades. And that's why I think I don't really worry about. Dak being there, you know, we like to talk a lot in our, our group chats about quarterbacks, like who's the line and basically yeah. the line Then you know, a lot of people talk, but like the line of who is basically, if you're not above this line, your team needs to replace you as a starter. It's kind of like, are you a franchise quarterback or not is the question. And he's definitely a franchise quarterback, whether you want to say he's seventh, eighth or 13th in the NFL, he's somewhere in that tier, right? That tier two, he's not elite, right? He's not a tier one guy. You know, I don't Agreed. think he'll ever be Mahomes, that, yeah. Allen, but he's a tier two guy. He's good enough mm -hmm. to win with him. I would like to have seen them give him more weapons than less. It seems like now that they've yeah. paid him forty million dollars, they're like, hey, yeah, he's a he's an elite he's, pass. He's an elite yeah. QB now. Well, that was the he can go win his games. Like I got the vibe that this season, a lot of it, they were setting it up to see. All right, Dak, show us you're worth it. Like we're taking the shit away from you, and which is I crazy. don't really agree with like, that. <laughs> like once yeah, you pay him, like. No Look at Brady. What. Brady, they, Brady, they, they always throw more and more at that guy. Yeah. We'll bring in Antonio yeah. Brown. Oh, okay, Julio Jones is out there. Let's bring him in. Yeah. Like, look at Mahomes. Mahomes has always had. I mean, I know they did get rid of Tyreek, but then they brought in, they drafted a receiver in the second round. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS, who I don't think highly of those guys, but they're way more accomplished than whoever the hell we have behind Ceedee Lamb. Like Ceedee oh, Lamb yeah. is the only guy who's accomplished anything on this entire receiving core. Bro, well, until Gallup comes I know, back. I, until I know Ben loves him. I know he's. I know Ben has a signed Simi Fajoko jersey <laughs> hanging in his, his marriage bed. But I know that on Ben's wedding night, he was like whispering, "Call me Simi Fajoko to his beautiful new bride." But Simi Fajoko would never play for the Chiefs. Like they are not putting that guy in that position. He's never starting in camp for the Chiefs. They're gonna at least have like guys they're taking flyers on that are either vets or draft picks or whoever. Um now the Cowboys did go out and draft a receiver this year, Jalen Tolbert. Um jury's still out on him. He's really young. He has not looked tremendous in preseason. And I think yeah, given the the workload that I think people expect him to take because of Gallup's injury, um, 
Now we did get some good news today. I don't think he's their wide receiver too heading into the season right now. I mean, I agree. But it it kind of seemed like they penciled that spot for him, and he hasn't yep. done anything Which, I mean, to win that. Dude, talk about it. Talk about like there's not that many situations in the NFL where like you're uh, not a no, you're not a day one pick, and you get an opportunity like that where they're basically like, look, dude, your spot to lose, right? Like a number two wide receiver spot on a team as high profile as the Dallas Cowboys, and you kind of let it slip because you're not all the way there with the hands. Um, Jalen Tolbert has heavy Terrence Williams energy. Like, lanky dude, good after the catch, good college career at, like, maybe not a tier one school, body catcher, doesn't doesn't extend to the football. Like, all the things about Terrence Williams that were kind of like, he has those same traits, and he might get better. Um, I don't know. But I guess the good news is that today they announced that Gallup is not going to be put on the pup list to start the year. So if he had been put on that list, he would be at least out through week four, I believe. And this means this doesn't mean he's going to start week one. I don't think he's going to, no, but I don't think we could going. at least see him earlier than week five, which is nice. You know, they might be able to figure out some combination and kind of scheme their way around uh, the lack of talent at wide receiver through two or three games, much less than five, six games. So, so, Let's um I think that's a good spot to uh I know we're just kind of bouncing things around, but let's kind of go at this point, week two through two preseason games. Let's just kind of go through each position. We're at receivers. So for people listening out there who haven't followed anything, um obviously Amari Cooper's gone. So your number one receiver is CeeDee Lamb. Um I do want to talk about CeeDee. We haven't seen him at all. I don't think he's gonna play at all in the preseason. He's reportedly had a good camp. But, dude, this guy's getting – I talked to Andy. This guy's getting projected to be such a – like, people are penciling him in to be a Pro Bowl player, and I don't know if I'm all the way there with CD yet. I need to see it. I need to see that year three Des leap. I need to see that year I, three Amari Cooper. I was, more, I was more excited about CD last offseason because the reports out of camp last year were like, he's having a Des-like camp. He's dominant. We kept seeing all these crazy highlights of him doing, like, nutso one-handed circus catches in the end zone over like all these dbs he looked insanely conf- confident um him and dak had developed all this chemistry like he, the fact that he did have amari on the other side like made you feel better about his chances of like seeing softer coverage second dbs things like that um now he's the guy and don't get me wrong like on paper here's the, what's weird to me about nfl player this year by the way Yes, he is. And here's what's weird about CD. Like when I think about CD, I, I know I think our listeners know like I I have probably similar energy that Zach has about Dak. I am a I am a somewhat of a CD naysayer because it seemed like in these big moments last season, you know, everyone in the Niners game remembers the 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 ill-fated Dak run at the end of the game. I remember the third down wide open like 15 yards of free space to run CD drop. It, that was two plays before that. So he seemed to like come up with big plays, but also drop routine balls that should be free yards. Um, that said, when you look at CD on paper, his numbers you know, look great over the last for, two years. I mean, for a rookie to have 935 yards, five TDs, that's a great with no year. QB with no keep with Andy Correct. QB. And then last year, once Dak's back, he almost does identical catch numbers as the number two wide receiver, but puts up 1100 yards and six touchdowns. 
we look when I compare him to the last idiot, Des Bryant, he has had thus far a probably a better career as a wide receiver than Des. However, year three is really where Des separated. Like Des went from like guy that's having a pretty good career to like this is gonna be well one of the five best guys in the league. If if Dallas is going yeah, if Dallas is going to be as good as they were last year or better and make a deep run in the playoffs, that is the number one guy I'm looking at to take a huge step forward. Like I don't worry Absolutely. about Mike. Micah's the most important player maybe outside of Dak. But I think like the guy that they need to take the leap and just like superstardom is CD Lamb. He's a good player, no doubt. I just I do wonder what is the ceiling on this guy. And I think this is a year. An interesting little fact, by the way, I just found out he is uh, younger than Jalen Tolbert, by the way, by six months. That's crazy. <laughs> I will say this. One He's thing that like it doesn't bother me about CD, but like CD has never been a big he's not like a trash talker. He's very like smooth, confident dude. But he's not a dog. I sent you that. I sent you that clip of them talking to Devonte Adams the other day, and Devonte Adams was talking about when dudes press him at the line of scrimmage, and he went into this like bit effectively where he was like, "I have my Terminator mask on, fifty different you, ways to you, get a when release." You have, when you press me, I have I just scroll down to like the ten different ways I can destroy you, and then it doesn't matter. You're not doing your little backpedal drills anymore at practice, son. You got to play me in real life. And I was just like, "Damn, dude! Like that—that's what you want." Is someone that's just, even if it's not true, is a hundred thousand percent convinced that they're going to murder you, like. And I don't know if CD is that guy. Sometimes it seems like the lights get a little bright for him, especially in physical press coverage situations. He is, they are able to knock him off his like finesse game. I worry mm. most about that. Yeah. Like the straight up physical one-on-one corner. Like, I think if you get him in space, I think he's probably better than Amari and Dez were. Well, Agreed. Dez, but because, Prime Dez, like young Dez with yeah, all his yeah, faculties, yeah, yeah. maybe. But, but like, yes. CD is a yak monster. Like, that's what they need to. Agreed. That's what Kellen needs to find. There's two guys that need to find ways to get an open space on this offense, and it's Pollard and CD. Like, those are the two guys they need to generate open space touches for. And so we'll see if they can do that. But he is, of course, the alpha of this receiving core. I don't know if you have anything to add, Zach, before we jump down. I to don't the have rest, any real fear about CD. I'm completely so you're convinced high on he's going to jump up. Yeah, I mean, he did play terrible in the San Francisco game. He won a five for targets. Like, that's not good. Yeah, He's had a couple of bad drops. But he was carrying the team, the wide receiver team, a lot last year. Like, at the end of the day, like, when you just see the yards. He was their best receiver outside yeah. of sure. He well, is their no, second in catches. Carry, but he was carrying a lot. All right, I'm like, I stand by that. I was going to do this. I hope Kellen treats him like a number one wide receiver. One of the, I think we all had this, one of the, a similar critique of Kellen's calls last year. And that's that, like, when you're winning games, all that, hey, we, we take whatever's open, you know, we'll kill you with whatever you leave open. That's all cute. But when it's game time, I mean, was it Michael and Troy that were basically saying, like, dude, if we had had that coverage, we would have thrown at CD Lamb 10 times in the first half? Yeah, that's what Troy said. Yeah. Like, I, I hope CD, I mean, I, I would rather... Well, and that's where Dak needs to I would to rather CD drop more. eight balls and get 10 balls thrown at him than them, like, yeah. fuck around and try to throw Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown, you know. I don't want to see Noah get five targets and CD get seven. I want Noah to get two and CD to get 10. Like, they need to treat him like the guy. 
Um, quickly here, uh, I have uh, his props for the season is eleven hundred and seventy-five receiving yards over or under. That's both of you. I'd say over. I mean, that's over. just basically the year he had last year, and he's now the number one guy. Slightly and more than there's last no year, Amari. Yeah. yeah. Now over. receiving touchdowns seven and a half. Over. See, that's that's the one where it's difficult for me because CD has not shown himself to be like a crazy red zone threat. That's not really his thing. And the Cowboys in the red zone tend to run the ball and go inside to like Schultz, et cetera. And if they're going to throw a vertical outside game, it's Gallup's their guy for that. Um, I think seven is a good number for him. I do. I, I think mean, seven he, touchdowns is a good number for him. He got six last year. I'm saying he's yeah. over. Yeah. He didn't have a touchdown the last like six weeks of the year or something wild. Mm-hmm. Or only had one in like the last eight or nine games. It was something bizarre. Um, I think he'll hit over and then catches is 90 and a half. Yeah. Uh, 15 more catches with, with all of Amari's gone and redistributed. Basically, yeah. he would need 12 more catches, 78 more yards, and two more touchdowns than he had last year to hit overs on those. I think with no Amari, that seems very doable. doable. Um, but it'll be interesting. Like I said, taking the next step, there's not going to be Gallup there. There's no Amari there. The first five, six weeks, however long it takes Gallup to get back, he's going to be the dude like that offense is key on, um, or defense is key on. So I want to see it's a big test for Kellen. And I think a big test for CD. Yeah. Your week one might be. Yeah. So let's go down to the rest of the Jalen Tolbert as your three wide. And then Schultz, obviously. Um, we play the Bucks week concerned. one again, right? We do. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, Schultz, uh, there's a lot of noise made this offseason about Dalton Schultz being a top five tight end and wanting to get paid like a top five tight end and the tag not being good enough and all that. We're going to learn those first couple weeks just how good Dalton Schultz really is because mm-hmm. – He's not going to be the safety valve that's left wide open with, you know, every DB covering Amari, two going over the top for CD, Michael Gallup's over here on the sideline. Like Schultz caught a ton of like slow linebacker drag route passes I think, last year. I think that's what he'll do. Like, I just don't think he's, he's never going to be a focal point. He's always going to be the kind of, in my opinion, they're going to have him as the guy like that gets forgotten about. I don't yeah. know if defenses won't key on him. To your point, maybe they do. I just don't think there's anything. I, I could be way underselling him. I I just don't think any defense fears. Oh, I, I, I'm I not require... saying they're going to game plan for Schultz this year. I'm just saying, like, with fewer things to focus on. You know what I mean? Like, there's fewer names on that board in the de- defense yeah. room, right? Like last year, they were going okay, running game, Amari, CD, Gallup, yeah. Schultz, and now it's like run game, but. Offensive line kind of questionable, so we can probably get pressure there. CD, some guys, <laughs> Schultz. I, mean, I don't remember is... a single crazy catch from Schultz last year. Anything where he was heavy in coverage or anything like that. I might just not remember. It's a nice it, game, but... but he just yeah. I mean, he just they're all short little passes generally from Dak, where he was basically yeah, wide open. I do remember that one game where he had like three almost fumbles. And they just kept yeah. calling it down. I was just like, God, dude, you're going right. to give me a heart attack, bro. That was the Panthers game, wasn't it? Where one of them yes. was a fumble, and then they just – It was, for sure it. was a fumble, yeah. and they just let it go. And then he got to the goal line and couldn't get in. He got mm-hmm. stopped at, like, the inch line. I was just like, God damn it. Also, God, I totally forgot. I was going through all our highlights today. 
Do you remember like the two different times in two different games where we ran QB sneak and Dak stuck the ball <laughs> over the goal line? And it's yeah. like one with and then they, one they, they just didn't put, call it. And they punched it out and they were just like, yeah, it's a fumble in the end zone. They did it twice to us. I was like, God damn, dude, that was so frustrating. I remember I, it was last season, right? When biggest, Dak, like his boy was over the line and they were like, nope, he wasn't. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! dude I, so fucking. I insane. don't know what the stats say, so I'm sure someone could get at us on Twitter. But that is always my biggest fear with this team and Kellen Moore's. When twenty to twenties, I always felt like they can move the ball when they don't get fifty penalties derail them. But when they do get inside the red zone, I'm always so worried about what they're going to do. Oh, yeah. Like if Z can't pound it in, they pretty much they don't know what to do offensively to score. I mean, that's been my thing with Kellen Moore. To go back to that is. I don't trust them with the meat and potatoes when it comes to just play calling. When it's just simple well, little things. So just get a couple of yards here, a couple of yards, go into the end zone. Well, and it seems like that that kind of spreads to a lot of things. Like the Cowboys are a talented football team with great players. They but they get a lot of penalties. Mike McCarthy uh, seems like a good leader of men. Is a bad clock manager. You know what I mean? Like it's the little mm-hmm. the, the layups of the of all their various tasks that they seem to struggle with the most. Yeah, so um, for those who, (laughs) I guess to put a pointer that into receivers, Gallup will be out for multiple weeks. We don't know. He's progressing well. No one knows what that means. He may be back week two. He may be back week six. I don't know. So he'll be back. But until the meantime, they did draft who Andy brought up, Jalen Tolbert, third round. We'll see what that kid can do. He's been mixed in camp. I think if he made that touchdown grab in preseason, we wouldn't be talking about him at all. That was just a really bad not getting your foot down. So he's kind of in the headlights if you watch the Chargers game for for making a mental error more than anything. And then my boy, Sumi Fahoko, should probably be wide receiver one. Stud out of Stanford. (laughs) 6'4", 4'4", speed. Kids got the chops. Um, and and Noah Brown, who who is still on the team, like continues to he... cling to a roster spot. <laughs> um, and they added, now, you know, there are some new names on yeah, this list. I was gonna say the top one that everyone, if you watch the Chargers game, uh, Kevontae Turbin, uh, a USFL Ooh, MVP man. standout. So this guy and, has a hey, complicated story, a, a story that barring a couple of details would be an amazing story that you'd want to root for. So Kevante Turpin was for you, Texas tech fans out there. He was the Jakeem grant of TCU. Okay. He was this like undersized, super speedy guy, kind of do it all player on TCU's team. Um, with absurd athleticism, just like crazy change of direction, crazy straight line speed. And unfortunately, uh, I won't even say unfortunately because that makes it sound like an accident. Kevonte Turpin was made some really terrible moves while he was in college. Okay, um, he got violent with a girlfriend, and then in the wake of that, he got violent with a family member. Um, I don't know all the details of both those situations. Yeah, um, so we had two pretty ugly domestic mm-hmm. violence situations that cropped up consecutively so it became not a situation of like okay he made a mistake it became like this is a bad guy so he was out of football yeah he got kicked off tcu football for three years which let me tell you you get kicked off tcu 
<laughs> there was a guy on TCU's football team like five years ago that was an actual like cocaine kingpin. They caught him with like 15 kilos and an AK-47, and he had been on the team for like five years. So, who was their quarterback they, that we really liked? Oh my the bowl god, game, dude. threw down with he a got, couple cops. Yeah, he he got in a bar fight with some cops before their bowl game, and then went to Seattle was the backup for Russ and threw his girlfriend out of a moving vehicle and got kicked off the team. Oof. So TCU, they got guys. So. So Kevontae Turpin is out of football for three years, plays zero football. During this time, he sends out a tweet. He says, if I ever get a chance, no cap, I will lead the NFL in punt and kickoff return touchdowns. He proceeds to play in the Polish Football League, the Player-Controlled Football League, the Arena League, and then finally the USFL for the New Jersey Generals for like the one season that they existed. And he was the MVP of the entire USFL. They won the championship pretty much on his back. He was their best receiver. He returned a bunch of touchdown kicks and punt returns. Coming out of that, the Cowboys gave him a shot. He signed a three-year deal with the boys. His first start was this last Saturday against the Chargers. And for a guy that got three touches, he made the most of it. So... He gets one kick return, one punt return, and a jet sweep. So first touch is a kickoff return. He 98 yards it to the house, just Devin Hester style, finds a seam, gone. Then they give him a jet sweep. He takes that seven yards for a first down on third and five. And then they punt to him, and he probably should not have returned that punt. Like There was a dude right in his face, but he just like does the nastiest first cut shakes that dude out of his shoes and goes 86 yards to the house. That was sick. I mean, it was absolutely so two fun. touchdowns, 180 something yards. He just locked up his yardage. roster spot. I mean, he, he was wasn't guaranteed I, a roster. No. And I, I think he for sure gained that in. I mean, the Cowboys since I saw the stats since 2009 have one punt or kickoff return for a touchdown. And it was they have Tony one, Pollard. They have, on Thanksgiving. We have one player in the last 20 years with two return touchdowns in their time with the Cowboys period. And that was Dwayne uh, Harris. He had two, one kickoff, one punt return touchdown in his entire time with the boys. The Devontae Turpin had two return touchdowns and a half. Yeah. I mean, a good weapon, probably someone they need. I, I heard they're, they're giving sets, but yeah, if you feel icky about the past, Let's hope he's changed for the better, but I don't I don't blame anyone if they say, Hey, I don't I don't want any of that. You know, it, it's, it's it's weird. There's two guys on this team that I have that it's him and Josh Ball that I find it really now like Josh anything, you know, it's, it's the old like uh shit too. It's the old uh Daniel Tosh joke about Kobe where it's like, Oh no, number <laughs> number eight was the rapist. Number twenty four is just uh, just an incredible competitor with an unstoppable turnaround. Yeah. You won a bunch of championships. <laughs> it's really easy to like be like, well, it's complicated when it's Turpin because he's returning yeah. TD with Josh like Ball, Kale. who is admittedly a huge piece of shit. Josh Ball's getting turnstiled on every snap and getting holding penalties. So I'm able to be like, no, fuck him. <laughs> he is a full piece of shit. Like I have zero qualms about him. So it was, uh, do you remember the uh, onion when uh, the Steelers played? In the Super Bowl again, the one that they lost to uh, Rogers and uh, yeah. the Onion was running that sports stove, and their headline was Ben Roethlisberger one Super Bowl away from no longer being a rapist. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that is exactly accurate, dude. 
Um, so but yeah, I mean, it's gross. It's, you hope it, the kid has made is, but... significant life changes. You hope he's made amends to the degree you can with someone that you are in a violent confrontation with within the confines of a personal relationship. Um, it's, 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 it's gross. It's not okay. Um, I also like, you go, I, you know, this is such a complicated issue and, and we're not going to solve it here on a podcast about the Cowboys, but obviously like someone who does that, they, they don't deserve to have their life ruined forever. Right. Like it's not a permanent, it, you know, we, we're not, we don't send people to jail for life for that kind of thing for a reason. You hope they can rehabilitate change who they sure. are. And you hope that Cavante Turpin has done that. Um, he's been handed a tremendous opportunity with his team and he's shown that he has the skills to be there. Um, so hopefully he can keep his nose clean has made a big life change since those incidents happened five or six years ago. And man, hopefully he can make a huge impact. I mean, we haven't had a really big special teams ace in my lifetime. <laughs> Dion, like, yeah, I mean, you know, they need a guy with, with some speed and quickness. So, especially right now when they're so depleted at receiver. So I don't know. I, it's a gross story. We'll see what the kid can do, but just for context and all that. Um, and that's pretty Another much the guy, receiver. Uh... Another oh, guy to keep one. an eye on, uh, not a receiver, but a tight end, Jake Ferguson. Uh, <clears throat> you know, late round guy. I don't know if he's any better than Dalton Schultz, like, or if his ceiling is different than Dalton Schultz's, but he made some plays on Saturday night. I was impressed. He's got like deceptive quickness for a guy his size. Um, so it's nice to know that with the departure of Blake Jarwin, they can still probably competently run a two tight end set with, with Ferguson. Um, and he did show some blocking ability too. So keep an eye on Jake Ferguson. Seems like a, a solid player, at least for depth. Yeah. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting to see if they can get a second tight end. I, I think he'll play a little bit uh, behind Schultz. So they cut my boy Sprinkle. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That was I felt bad for you, man. That was a tough loss. My wife was in shambles. Your your pet cat is gone. <laughs> uh, where else do we want to go with this? Do we want to talk? I mean, back at QB. I, I'd like is, to. I'd like to do some uh, O line at some point. Yeah, we, we I want to talk about that too. Uh, let's go O line. I mean, that's where our first round pick was. Uh, Tyler yeah. Smith. He's been a tale of two dark. games for him, man. A tale of two games. So so far, they already said today. That uh, McGovern will be the starting McGovern guard. Start. I don't know if that will hold into the season, or we'll if that's see. even true. Yeah, like if they're just trying to like do some, you know, politics. But the first game against the Broncos was very up and down. He had a couple plays where he like pancaked guys, opened huge holes. He also got two really shitty penalties, so it was like some Connor Williams type behavior. Um, but at least Connor Williams who could block, which is nice. You know, mm -hmm. we were getting Connor Williams who couldn't block, which obviously the worst of both worlds in this second game. Uh, Tyler Smith played really well. Uh, he looked like he cleaned up his footwork a lot. He is fucking big and he's athletic, incredibly big physical. and athletic, yeah. very physical. He's a dog. I do like that. Um, I wasn't excited about open pick, a hole, but now I am. Well, we like, certainly I'll, need I'll it. I'll fall on board with him. Uh, he's going to be great. He's going to lead us to a Super Bowl. MVP of the, <laughs> from the guard everything. Spot. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. From the guard spot. Well, look, so I like, wanna there's been a lot of panic on the O line. I just want to say this quick, Andy. Like last year when they made their incredible run, right? Like they're starting 
five was Tyron at left, uh, Williams, Connor Williams at left guard, uh, Tyler Biotis at center, Zach Martin right guard, and Terrence Steele right tackle. That whole lineup is the exact same, except you remove McGovern. I mean, you remove Williams for either Tyler Smith or McGovern. So I don't, yep. I don't have quite the the fear if they're healthy. The Agreed. problem is you you've lost depth and um, you know, look at your two tackles. Me and Andy have been preaching about Tyron Smith is on a limited. Mm-hmm. Tyron Smith, I mean, he left practice literally before this podcast just started. He left practice today with an ankle injury. I mean, the guy, I love Tyron. He's awesome. He will be, he was on the all-decade team, for Christ's sakes. Everyone knows how good he is, but his body's breaking down, man. Like, he's not playing 17 games this year. He he might no. only play 10. Like, he might play less. So, that's what scares me, is who would step in to replace him, because he don't, Steele's going to start. They Josh Ball looks like trash. They probably have to kick out. Tyler Smith, but he doesn't seem like the kid's near ready enough to be a starting left no. tackle. So no. that's where I do get a little bit of fear is, is behind them. Last year, it felt like they had a little bit more depth. Um, but, well, and know. they got really lucky with Terrence Steele last year. Like, Yeah, they did. The chances that your undrafted free agent swing tackle is going to turn out to be like a competent starter in the NFL is very low. And Terrence Steele turned out to be at least serviceable, which is... Yeah, I mean, crazy. an undrafted guy is starting right tackle for this team and he's he's got issues i mean he's gonna struggle and pass pro every now and then he's a great run blocker by all accounts and i do think they love steel as far as that right kind of guy you know he comes to work ready i mean that's sure. why he was over lael last year was that i think by all a lot of people thought lael was a better player it's just they liked terrence Steele's everything else right they liked that he showed up on time they liked his work ethic they liked the way he you know he was a professional and so I, yeah. I I do give him that. Um, I don't know how how worried about you guys about the O line. I saw I saw an Andy projection, and these you never know what these like. Pro Football Focus has us like second. Um, somewhere else had a seventh. So I don't know if I put in quality of O line. Yeah. yeah. Well, Zach Martin's a Ton, god. Tons I'm of publications have us up that high because we have two Pro Bowlers and you know three guys pick. whose names you know. Yeah. And Biotis took a decent step forward last year. Uh, his third you year know, starting. I, it is it is going to be an area of concern until I. It's proven not to be because it has been for the it's last couple of years. He's just not Travis Frederick, right? Like that's yeah, the biggest, yeah. Like Frederick was I mean, so infallible for seven years. We never saw Frederick <laughs> falter. We didn't see Frederick decline. Right. He just wasn't there one day. Like yeah. that's that's part of it too. Is we never got a like part of the reason that like. Some quarterbacks have it easier when they step into the roles because teams go through a quarterback drought between their great last great guy and then the new guy. Like we never saw a declining Frederick. Like we're like when we get the next left tackle for this team, we're gonna be like, hey, you know what? Like he's, he's starting tyrant. to look pretty good. He's not tyrant, but we're we're seeing a declining tyrant right now. He doesn't play every game, etc. That is gonna smooth the transition between those two players. Whereas like if Tyron had just had to suddenly retire in 2016, 17. Whoever played left tackle the next year would have got shit on like 24 by seven for the first three seasons because he's not Tyron. Like, so yeah, it's gonna, it'll be interesting to see. I do like that the same unit is sticking together. People always say yep. like O line is way more about chemistry and cohesion of the unit than individual talent. Well, look, and, and even if McGovern sucks or stinks, you know, he didn't 
great last year. Like even if he doesn't start or Tyler Smith takes his role right away or he does, like he's at least decent guard depth. Like he's been How on the team much worse years. could they be than Connor Williams? <laughs> right. Well, Miami's going to learn that real fast. I was going to say, so. last I heard was very brief, was that apparently he was getting his ass kicked all the time in training camp. Yeah, he's I haven't heard anything since about him. I haven't looked at it. Dude, I can't I hope he, he doesn't make it. No, dude, I hope he you does. That's what I, I do. You're right. Miami yeah, gets hurt. Yeah, dude, that's hilarious. Well, L. Collins begin like the season on unable to perform. If the non-football so. injury. List, yeah, the non-football injury. Probably just like <laughs> bribing another drug testing official or something. Oh, so so yeah, I, I guess I, be a, I don't panic about them because sure. they just don't have a lot of depth. And to I guess seeing those rankings, we may be overinflated in the fact that we just have two really famous O-linemen on that team, or at least have their yeah. names have a lot of cash. But um I'm I don't more know. I about our wide receivers than the O-line. Yeah, that's fair. Especially with the, the injuries we're starting out with, I would say that's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the last one, offensive uh that we don't need to talk. I mean, we talked about QB, Cooper Rush or Will Greer are going to be your backup. Hope to God neither of them play. It won't be pretty. Although Crush did go one and zero last year, I want to remind everyone he was a walk star. I, I would, I would, I would start Greer immediately. Cooper Rush so you, has you looked, guys just entirely off the Nucci train then. Yeah, oh, the Nucci's he's on the team still. But did you not see that uh, little game they played of throwing a oh yeah ball to the hoop and Danucci where, did where really every good, single, where every where every quarterback involved looked like they did not give a shit and then Danucci stepped up there like he had waited his entire life for this one moment and then went out there and won. <laughs> I was like, excuses, all right, Nuch, excuses, I see you, man. He, he hey. was the most accurate quarterback. He's more accurate. Big Nuch. It's hey, he was it's science. He was two. He was two for two for four yards last week, boys. So hey, yeah. just getting better. Um. But just pray if Dak goes down, we're just super fucked, guys. Like, yeah, no, yeah, these Dak's got a, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's nerf. It is what it is. It's, it's not worth down, going into any more. Look forward to the uh, new Micah Parsons we'll get. Yeah, maybe let Micah play QB. Honestly, oh, um, Scott, I would not be. I mean, I would not be upset <laughs> if they did that. Like, why not? Like, I'm saying honestly, we, we should probably talk about kicker. Would it shock Before then? You I'd be happy. If if they, Parsons, like, would it shock you if Micah Parsons turned out to be an amazing quarterback? Would that just be like? Amazing, Crazy. yes, that not would shock really. Me. If he was good, I wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock. It wouldn't shock me from a like. It turns out he has that capability standpoint. I'd be like, yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense. He's really good at everything. Like, yeah, they. Like amazing said, to be like I mean, the top story 10? of him like being a receiver at Penn State camp and just balling, like balling. Yeah, dominating five star wide he's receivers. Just a freak and athlete. Um, I can't wait till we get to him to finish up. Uh, I put a bow on the offense. Um. Zeke and Pollard will be your one and two. I don't know if they'll bring a third guy. Maybe Rico Doddle. He got hurt last year. He's been the number three through most of training camp. No one else I've even heard a name of for flashing. So Malik Davis um, scored a touchdown on Saturday, but that's just a camp body. Yeah. I so I mean it'll be those two. Um it'll be really interesting to see what they do. I think and I made this point when talking about CD. I really do think for this team to be successful, Tony Pollard needs the ball a lot. I don't yes. like I, I love Zeke. Zeke's gonna give you hard yards. I'm not saying take all of Zeke's carries away, but you need to have Pollard have what 10 touches a game at least, 15 Agreed. touches. And I think Zeke's more effective by you giving him fewer carries. Like I think yeah. every carry you give Zeke over 2022 is just creative. diminishing return. It's diminishing returns for this week and the following week. Like 
get recreated. They had some uh, plays with Zeke as fullback and Pollard as running back. They have plays where they're both in the backfield at the same time. They put Pollard in the slot. Like this is where Kellen needs to earn that money. Like you mm-hmm. got to find ways to get Pollard some touches. This is last year. He's not under contract. Like yeah, burn it. Like not to be a dick, but like man, just go. Like yeah. Give feed him like he's not you're not protecting an asset like just go feed him for sure so yeah i would love to see him get get more touches i know most cowboys fans would but uh we'll see i i still think you know it'll be a 1a 1b maybe even more 60 40 zeke than pollard but we'll just see i think that's on offense to, on to dan on to dan q's defense oh mm-hmm. please this is the so, unit I think has a chance to actually be really good this year. These these guys have looked pretty damn decent in preseason. In the flashes of guys that have, when we see guys that are actually going to play like significant time for the defense, um, they've all shown like flashes of greatness. So obviously, those are the guys you don't have to worry about. You got your tanks. You got your Micah Parsons. You got your digs. Um, um say that last one again. Trayvon Diggs, the guy who got cooked in training camp. Oh, dude, he 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 lost a one-on-one wide receiver drill against Semi Fajoko, so confirmed bum. This is my this is my favorite part of Twitter, maybe least favorite that I've dived into is the the overreaction to no other like no other, not even quarterbacks seem to get scrutinized this way, but one-on-one drills with QB. I mean, with wide receiver and DB, if the DB gets beat, dude, you can check the mentions. It is just like, this guy fucking sucks. <laughs> yep. And dude, Diggs, if Diggs has like a play where anybody catches a ball, like a five-yard out route, they're like, ha, told y'all, can't cover dude, it anyway. I'm telling you, it will not matter what Diggs does this year. Like, he can have 10 interceptions again. People are going to shit on him. So <laughs> he should just delete social media and just put his yeah, head he down. Did. He did delete good. his Twitter. Yeah. Good. Good. That's did a good you know decision. that? I did not. I know saw that. that. No, yeah, I he, saw that, yeah. It, it made headlines, which is what's so funny about. Oh, and I'm sure NFL that was it. played. It. I'm sure like everyone's like, "Oh, dude, what a thin-skinned bitch." Yeah, bar still like, posted, and people were like, "Oh, soft, yeah, tight, dude." <laughs> the bar stool crowd, always the greatest. Um. So anyway, I I don't know. Diggs is. I do want to touch on him. I don't worry about him. I would love to see him. I just hate that we have this corner who finally takes the ball away. Like for the first time in my lifetime, maybe since Dion, I guess that we have a corner who can actually impact the game. And his over under for picks this year is four and a half. Like yeah, that's it, crazy. That's, that's a the high ass number, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. And people, Vegas expects him to get here. five picks. And it's like, not good enough for people around here. And I get a lot of the haters are people who just don't like the Cowboys and they're going to... They don't watch the Cowboys there. either. They yeah, just watch one or two I, clips. But if you're a Cowboy fan who who's not a Diggs guy, then you... I I have zero time for that. I have zero mm-hmm. time for that fan. Uh, so Diggs, stud. Uh, by the way, we have another second-round rookie who was in a murder, and I don't hear, or second-round corner who was like at the scene of a murder and no one's talking about him. So... Well, if we're gonna, if also, we're gonna, if was, we're, there was another murder involving him uh, two weeks ago. It was him in the end zone trying to cover some wide receiver <laughs> you've never heard of on the Broncos, getting absolutely fucking faced. Just Kelvin Joseph just seems to put himself on a poster every once in a while, man. Like he is, 
I feel the same with uh, Deshaun Wright, honestly. He's had a tough dude, both of those guys need to be not on the team. Like they're and I know they will be because like we need you need corners. Yeah. You need like twenty seven corners mean, on an NFL team. Diggs and Devon or uh right, Diggs and Anthony Brown are your number one and two corners. Yep. Uh and people shit on Ant Brown. He's he's kind of he's somehow through like seven seasons is made through every training camp and like increasingly gotten a bigger and bigger and bigger role on this team. So I have a lot of respect for Anthony Brown's. Bro, just... He had three interceptions last year. Like Anthony Brown had a good, for, for a guy who was like a sixth round pick in 2016 no. out of Purdue, who's five eleven. Dude, If in the Kelvin NFL, Joseph dude, turns into Anthony Brown, I'll be pumped. Like, oh, yeah. And he's a second round pick. So yeah, I, I have no problems with Anthony Brown. Love digs. As I said, I I'm, I'm a big, of course, just can't wait to see what Diggs does. And um, Anthony Brown, like, let's be real. Like, they throw at Anthony Brown all the fucking time. Like, he had the fourth most passes defensed in the entire NFL last year because they were just throwing at him nonstop because they think he's the weak link. So he gets tested every fucking game. I give him credit for going out there every fucking play. I mean, for a guy who's in the sixth round to make it to a second contract, he's going to get another deal, whether it's from us or somebody else. He has played his ass off considering his draft position. Yeah. So props so, to him. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to cuss him out to, to my TV. He's, he's going if, to have yeah, – he's going to get put on a poster. Ball. He's going to get yeah. put on a poster a few times. That's that's just the way it is. But the guys behind him, I mean, like I said, Kelvin Joseph, second year, boy, let's see you step up. I mean, some people don't think he should be on a roster. At bare minimum, he was an accessory not, to murder. But He does not look good. In on the field, and he's clearly not entirely focused on football off the field. Um, yeah. You know, the guy I do hear good things about. Nashawn Wright's been good in camp and terrible in the preseason. Um, so I, the guy I keep hearing good things about is a uh, Deron Bland. Um, Deron Bland had a, has had very the the, the guys nice in the camp. secondary that are getting a lot of positive praise. Bland, Israel Mukwamu. And yep, Marquise Bell. Like you got two safeties and one corner who are having very decent to good camps and preseasons. Um Israel Mukwamu has had a he's had a he had a pick last week. He's had yep. a bunch of picks like in practice and seven on seven and stuff. So he's a great backup for J. Ron Curse, maybe more of a ball guy than J. Ron Curse is, which is a nice, you know, weapons package for Dan Quinn to have. He can kind of set his load out based on what they're facing. Uh, Marcus Bell is a hitter, dude. He had an awesome blow up at the goal line last, last uh, week that I was very happy about. So behind Malik Hooker and J. Ron Curse, you've got some good dudes, you know, Donovan Wilson, Israel McCormick. I'm expecting Marcus good Bell. things from Malik Hooker this year. I yeah, think he came on at the end of last year. I'm slowly getting it. And Jaron Curse was a revelation last year. They paid him, and we still have Jordan Lewis. I didn't talk about him. He'll be your starting nickel corner. I I don't really worry about the secondary too much. I'm not saying they're a great unit, but I don't think they're a bad unit. They're the not, strength compared to what we were talking about like four, three, four even years last ago. Year. Went into right. last year, how terrified we were once Dude, we lost. Uh, there was just times when it was truly like the Cowboys easier. would have had to score 50 points every game to win because they were just getting lit up every fucking game. So I don't worry about that as much. Can we talk about the man himself? Let's do it. Hey, the guy, the one guy that you've heard nonstop, just great things about in campus. He's a, he's a superstar, the highest rated cowboy on 
everybody's like, he may be, I was going to have this take. I don't even think it's a hot take anymore. I think he's maybe between him and Zach Martin. I think the best player on this team already, Micah Parsons. Like I'm willing to go out there. Micah Parsons is the best player on this team. If only because he plays a more important position than Zach Martin. That's, I think Micah Parsons is going to have, I told Ben today, I think Micah Parsons is going to go north of 17 sacks this year. Um, I'm going to call him Mr. 17-5 for the rest of time if he does it, because that's fucking awesome. Um, For those at home, Mr. 17-5 is a name that Young Jeezy, the prominent Atlanta rapper, gave himself as a reference to the fact that bricks of cocaine cost $17,500. So if he gets 17 and a half sacks, he could be Mr. 17-5, and that's pretty tight. Uh, Micah has been a, a monster in camp. I mean, they released film today of Micah Parsons one-on-one absolutely dog-walking Tyron Smith. Like, not like, oh, he beat he beat Tyron. How crazy. I mean, he made Tyron Smith look like a rookie. It was not close. Dak had He ran second. over Tyron He ran Steel, over Tyron Yeah. I mean, it's nuts, dude. He is an animal. And I'll say this, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think a player that like a lot of people consider like the what if of the Cowboys of the last several years has been TJ Watt. Uh, TJ Watt, his rookie year had seven sacks and he was rushing the passer every time. Okay. Micah had 13 last year. The second year, TJ Watt had 13 sacks. Okay. So I think Micah, I think he's going to take that leap, baby. I think Micah's going to be looking at like 17, 18, 19 sacks. I think he, he could can, be defensive player of the year. I really do. I think I he should, the, yeah. He's the he fourth favorite. He's the fourth favorite. I, I'm i very tempted to put a $100 bet on him at plus 900 odds. Yeah, I just think that sounds good. Yeah. I think that, that guy is so freaking good at football. Like, I, I really think they could play him at any spot on this defense and that he would be a playmaker. Um, so whether they and, – I, and I hope DQ's he's here for at least – the rest of you know this season I, I really hope that they continue to use him as the hybrid guy there's been a lot of yeah. talks of people like he's so good at dn it's such an important position so they just make him a you know full-time pass rusher if we and want, i think they're if we i, I don't hate that numbers. but I, I think there's games where you're going you're getting chipped you're getting done i mean there's games where miles garrett doesn't show up because even yep. as good as miles garrett is they neutralize him by moving micah around you make that really hard and I think the addition of Anthony Barr, who they brought in, which is a great one-year signing from Minnesota, that allows Micah even more flexibility to play some linebackers, some D-line, some corner. That's, that's I mean, the thing is like the, I, the I moves it. they've made in the offseason have not been flashy, but what they have done is built like the perfect set of complementary tools to make Micah more effective. So Micah's real strengths are he is a – demon in getting into the backfield either to blow up running plays he diagnoses and attacks really quickly and really well he's a great pass rusher and he's quietly one of the best cover linebackers in the nfl like he has tremendous closing speed quarterbacks often their eyes fool them they think they can make a throw on him based on how far away he is and he can close that gap quicker than they think he can so when you go out and you get an anthony Barr, you get a dante fowler you get a sam williams Suddenly, you have all these tools where you can like either pair them with him or you can use them to offset when he's doing something else. And those create really difficult situations for an offensive game planner. I mean, I am just from the the snaps I've seen, Sam Williams already, like he doesn't have 
the polish or the full repertoire of moves that Micah Parsons does, but he does have pretty impressive speed and a crazy amount of strength for a bull rush. If you put Sam Williams on one side and Micah on the other side, dude, like that is a sack. That's an automatic sack one time in a game, right? Like you're not going to, it's not going to work every time, but like one time in a game, those two are going to go off the edge together and one of them is going to clean the other one up. Like Any, it's, it's going to happen. Anytime I get nervous about what this team's going to be, the thing that I keep coming back to, why I think they at least win the division is this. I think Micah's good enough to win a game or two by himself. Like he's good oh, yeah. enough to have the game record. That that oh. game record. I mean, we should have won that Chiefs game based on Micah. You know, he had the big sack fumble on Mahomes. Um, I, I defense played great. Yeah. How many touchdowns do you think Parsons is going to get on defense? I told Andy one. He might get two, but he's definitely getting one. I'm going to go one pick, one fumble recovery. So I'll say two touchdowns. I like that. I'm. I'm I feel two. I think he's going to get one. He scored this year. I mean, without a doubt. I, I think yeah. he has. It's crazy that his over under for sacks is like 10 because he doesn't even sack. He's not even a full time pass rusher. And 10 sacks is like, dude, Randy Gregory's career high is six. And that's who they lost. Yeah. And I know it's not just purely based on sacks, but, dude, that is absurd. That a well, second year guy who is not a pass loss, rusher dude. is coming. So, like, in. and he he's took doing a year all. football. Yeah. Like, this guy. He's so good. He is so beyond good. I saw, I can't remember who it was. Some SI was doing like their top 100 players, different than the NFL top 100. And he had Micah as the 15th best player in the NFL already. I think that's fair. I really do. Like, I think he's that so good. freaky good. Um, I know we just spent the time on him. Uh, we briefly went over LVE's back on a one year deal. He is, he has reportedly had a very good camp. Like people are very worried about him, man. Him. Linebacker so. is. He's now, right behind him is a now healthy Jabril Cox, who I am actually very excited to see play. I have high hopes for Jabril Cox. I think yeah, he's going to be a blocker. I think you'll see him a lot of passing downs. Yeah, and LVE will play more of the early downs. And then you have Anthony Barr, who was a Pro Bowler in Minnesota, yep. a little older now, but very good. Can he'll, definitely play. I know Dan Quinn will move him around. Did um, you see Tristan Hill the other night? He's had a really nice camp. Reported Tristan Hill had a. Uh, a sack fumble fumble recovery in the in the preseason game the other he's night. only 24 like, i know he came off really the edge stripped the dude got on the ball i was like damn tristan i thought you were cut dude yeah a lot of people thought he was on the camp bubble i think he makes it now they have such a they have so many players on their d-line i mean tanks Which obviously gonna be here like dante fall fowler is gonna be depth neville gallimore and Osa Odigizua, who I think could have a sneaky good year. Um, Sam Williams, who they just drafted. I mean, it's Basham. a nice little. Yeah, I think Basham might get cut. But you we'll think see. so? Yeah, I mean, because they're not good. Golson, they drafted in the third round last year, fourth round. Yeah, they're going to keep him. I just don't know. They're going to have to I cut like, a D I like line Bash. Bash is, a, Bash is like I a, do. he's a locker room guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. whatever they do, the sounds from the sideline, he's like in there, you know, yeah. the guys yeah, like I Bash know. a lot. I do too. I think he's a good glue guy, but I just don't, I think they're going to run out of space on that D line, it, especially Ooh. if Tristan makes it. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, I mean, hopes are high for this defense. Um, I think they feel like they have what they need on both sides of the ball to be very competitive in any game as long as they do what they're supposed to. Now, if you look at the two games they played, first game, the Cowboys 
like I'll, I'll say the offense was mostly just Cooper Rush looking like total trash, but they committed 17 penalties and got their ass kicked. Second game, penalties come way down, and they stop the Chargers out. They scored on well, offense. They scored on well, special they get teams. Two special teams touchdowns really helped. Yeah, but they, but they, you know, they didn't. They wouldn't have lost the game without those two touchdowns. No, so, their their quarterback, their backup quarterback, and receivers are just so bad that it's tough. agreed. But they did score on offense, so I'll give them their their flowers. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, what I am worried a little bit about is the kicking game. So coming into this year, obviously they had let Maher go. They had drafted this, not drafted, but signed this kid out of Texas Tech who – this happens every year, I swear to God. There's a kid that's never missed, like in his whole life. He's been kicking since <laughs> he was three years old, and he's never fucking missed a kick. You remember Roberto Guayu? Yeah. The Bucks yeah. took him in the second round. He was like the greatest college kicker and of then, all time. And he, and then he was shanked. like not even serviceable. Like could no. not even – they couldn't even give him a chance. Yips. It was Pure yips. Well, and you and I have seen it before. Like they always say that when we bring these guys in and try them out in an empty field, they can all kick 65 yard field goals. Every one of them. Like they're all automatic. They all hit them 10 for 10. Then you put them in pressure situations and suddenly half of them mentally snap. So that's kind of what we're dealing with here. This kid out of tech, he just couldn't get it done. They'd put him in the mojo moment situations in camp. He was going 0 for 4 on multiple days in a row. So then mm -hmm. they cut him. They brought in a bunch of guys to try out, including Brett Maher. They signed Brett Maher. And then he's going to be your kicker. And then Saturday's game. Okay. So they decide uh, they of Saturday's game, they split duties between him and Hirlahu, the, uh, the kid from Eastern Europe. And during that game, the Cowboys kicked. Uh, I want to make sure I have these stats correct here. The Cowboys kicked uh, three or two field goals and three extra points. So they gave uh, Harlahu one field goal attempt. They gave Brett Maher one field goal attempt. The, and then they gave Harlahu one extra point and they gave Maher two. Harlahu hits the field goal, hits the extra point. Brett Maher shanks the, the field goal from like 61 yards. So. Take from that what you will. And then bangs both extra points. And they cut Harlahu and sign Maher long term. So, mm. ah, boys, it's going to be one of them years on the kicking front. I've kind of made peace with it that I read a pretty compelling article data-wise that basically said if you don't have Justin Tucker, then it's pretty much all kickers are the same. They're none of so them it's, reliable it's, it's year tight to end. year. Yeah, it's it's basically if you don't have the one guy who never misses, then you know. Basically, when we had Dan Bailey too. Um, <sighs> they're all the same. Like, yeah, I mean, Nick Folk was awful at the end of his Cowboy tenure, and he went on to have like ten more seasons because they changed scenery and those guys. It's all mental, so those guys yep. just changed. So he was terrible like for us. Playing, it, he went to the Saints, was okay. Sport. He comes back and like. He's it is mentally kicking, fine. He's not a fucking cannon. He can hit 60 yarders. So why not? Kick, why not? Kicking is like kicking is this thing where like they're playing football. And then once you get to a certain point in the football game, they stop and they play a different sport for a second. And that's kicking. Like they come out and they play like foot golf for a second yeah. to determine a piece. And then they go back to playing football. So like, yeah, it's way more uh, it, like way, way more akin to like a golfer than like a, you know, anything else. Cause otherwise you'd think like, if it was really about kicking, this would be so easy to solve. You would just go pay 
soccer players, you know, like at MLS or like some lower tier European league guys that are taking free kicks from 65 yards out and banging them all the time. Like it'd be that easy, but it's a weird ball that no one fucking kicks anywhere in the world except here. And it mm-hmm. is very, very high stress situation. Cause it is like, if you hit clutch kicks, like just don't get me wrong. Justin Tucker gets plenty of love when he nails game winners, but like most of the time, hitting a kick all that gets you is like relief from getting shit on it doesn't get you that much positive affirmation like if maher goes out and hits five for five from 40 yards out everyone's just gonna be like thank god maher did fuck up you know what i mean like no one's like yeah fucking maher killed it today dude like no one's doing that so it's a very strange dynamic hopefully like he'll just be kicking extra points all year because we'll be housing turpin tds and watching cd lamb do circus catches Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, boys, that said, it is what it is. Know, and we also have a uh, the goat Brian Anger, who I hear is just crushing punts, just just absolutely killing it, just, just absolutely a god, it. man. I mean, I said the best player on this team was Micah. I need to apologize to Brian Anger, but Brian Anger is the best player on this team. So that said, right, gentlemen, that- we've gone through the offense, we've gone through the defense, we've gone through special teams. Cowboys schedule this year. Where, where what are you guys feeling? Yeah, I figured we'll probably do another pod before the season starts. Will we? Yeah, we'll go game by game, but I would love to get just like a general. Um, I think we go five and one in the division. I like it. So I think we split with Philly. I'll give Philly their love. I mean, not love. I just think they're they think they could beat us once. Um, the Giants are terrible. We should beat the Giants handedly. The commies we could, we, we, really we play bad. the we play the commanders on January eighth, like it's the last game of the season. If things are locked up, we might see Cooper Rush out there. In which case, we could lose that game. Like it's happened before. Yeah. Um, I think we go. I think we go ten and seven and make the playoffs. I like it. Okay. Maybe eleven and That's, six. You know, when I was looking at the schedule, I came away thinking, yeah, ten games is very doable. Well, by the way, the Vegas over under is right at ten. Really? Yeah. So they, they. I mean, we're like minus two sixty to make the playoffs. So all these people keep talking about how we're going to have a down year. I don't know. I just (laughs) like statistically, even the betting markets are thinking we're going to win our division. I know people keep trying to make Philly a thing. It's like that old uh, Mean Girls meme, like. You know, quit trying to make Jalen Hurts a thing. He's not going to be a thing. Like, that's just what I get from them. Like, I don't – they have Devonta Smith. They have A.J. Brown. They have Goddard, who I can't even say his name without offending Andy's – without offending Andy. So I – I'm still so mad. They stole him from us. (laughs) But, like, Jalen Hurts is just not very good. So, anyway, 10 wins. Go – what what was yours? I think we go 13-4. and Uh, Whoa, the yeah. optimist! I honestly just think this what schedule is really fr- is really friendly. Um, the front half has some some tough games. Don't get me wrong; the Bengals is a tough game, but it's at home. Uh, so I have us losing to the Bengals, the Rams, the Packers, uh, and then one game in the division, and a win and everything else. Um, I'm rolling the dice a little bit on the Buccaneers game. There's been Brady's been fucking weird this offseason. 
going to be gone from the team. I know everyone like, says this. I know this has just been like, there's like a highlight reel of people saying this and they're always wrong. But like, we do know objectively that at some point, Tom Brady cannot play football anymore. Like, and I don't think it's going to be him walking away. I think he's going to have to like be told that he can't. And this mm -hmm. is going to be the year where he, it's going to be his Peyton year. Remember like Peyton, like set every record for the Broncos. And then the next year he went out and it was like neck injury. He kind of sucks. They limped to a super bowl behind that amazing defense. Fucking Brock Osweiler's doing shit. It's going to be like that for them. So I think um, they win week one. They lose that next game to the Bengals. Come back down to earth a little bit. The Rams are really fucking good. The Packers and Lambeau's a tough out. Um, after that, dude, I think they can beat these teams. I really do. So yeah, 13 and four. Okay. See, I'm, I'm a little uncertain about who our team really is, is my thing. Totally I, my record is more 10 to 12 when I was looking at it. I was like, I could see us winning 12. I'm going to go with 10 until I see who we are. Fair. I will say on that Buccaneers game, I am really looking forward to a juiced up Micah Parsons going Hell against yeah, Brady. Dude. Because, you know, Hell first yeah. time last time, first game ever, Brady was just kind of owning him the whole time. Now, though, ooh. And Brady's Tank never, wants revenge, dude. Tank got hurt yeah. last year in this game. Like Brady's, he wants this one. Brady's never lost to Dallas either. I would. Oh, love we got to kick his ass. I know. And maybe our dude, last side thing. note, Ben. Did you see that video I sent you today? That was like them asking the Broncos fans at Broncos camp. I tried. Like, I don't have a gram, so it, it, they won't let me look at those videos anymore. So they were asking Broncos fans at Broncos camp: start, bench, cut, Elway, Peyton, Russ. Dude, it was crazy. Like, I guess it's just all like young people. But they were like, start Russ, bench Peyton, cut Elway. Like all of them were like that basically. And it That's was like, wild. It if was, any, dude, I could if not anyone believe it. responded with anything other than cut Russ, then yeah, like, and Russ is no. great. He's just not a top ten quarterback of all say, time. You can right you can now. flip like <laughs> you can flip Peyton and Elway depending on who you are in your era. But yeah, gosh, like. Russ, dude, dude, and the one that really blew my mind was one. Do you guy think goes, that's gonna end badly for them? Denver's yeah, like, I do. Yes, you do. Colts I have this do. weird feeling thing, it's gonna dude, be a bad year for Denver. Peyton. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady convinced everyone that that works. If you look historically, that that thing doesn't work very well. The whole like quarterback spends his whole career with one team and then goes to another one to for his twilight years. That usually goes very poorly, but. Peyton and Brady have convinced everyone that, oh, it's actually a cheat code to winning a Super Bowl. I don't know if you, if it is, unless you're Peyton and Brady, who are like god level quarterbacks. So we'll see. But yeah, I don't I don't foresee it going super well, to be honest. I don't think it's going well for the Colts either. Picked up uh, Matt Ryan, right? Yeah, uh, I don't see they, that. He might be better than Wentz. He does I don't have know. a they lot. Played, he has a they safety the net in John. twice, and they play the Texans twice. They have such and a bad. Matt division. Ryan gets to spend a lot of that of this year just handing it off to JT Jonathan uh, Taylor, who's a, a monster. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get to see all Wincy boy again. It's I'm been a minute. Part of that Re family oh, reunion. Now that we have a, both Diggs and Parsons. It's going to be great. Oh, I know. I was pretty. I showed the new kids. One of the nights at the uh, at, on my honeymoon uh, at our resort, I was pretty drunk, and I ran into at dinner earlier in the week. I ran into this guy who was a big Eagles fan, and so we were just trading shit talk, you know, just fun. And I ran into him and his buddies, and his buddy was a big Commies fan. 
And so, dude, I was sitting here. I could not believe how much like love that they were giving to Carson Wentz. It was the, and they're both. It was so bonkers to me that these two guys were just still holding on to that two thousand dog. Yeah, that seven game stretch, like eight game (laughs) stretch of Carson Wentz and commies. I feel so. I at least the Eagles guy could be like, well, I mean, y'all won, whatever. I feel so bad for Washington fans. Like the little thing. That's like your great hope. Like you're like, dude, we got Carson Wentz now. This this might turn things around. Like, oh god, dude. Who was your team last year? Oh, Heineke. Yeah, dude, Heineke. That dude, and they, man, they had put like all their eggs into the basket around this defense. Like they were so convinced this defense was going to be like all everything, and they got mashed. Dude. <laughs> like that defense regressed so hardcore in a single season. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like Chase Young looked like crap. Like all well, those Alabama too, boys looked yeah. like crap. Like, ooh, rough, super rough. So, so the Giants' right, uh, well, first round pick didn't he get injured? I forgot his name. It's a very odd name. Yeah, I've never seen that. He got injured, but I never heard of his update. Kevon Thibodeau, I think he's like two to four weeks. He's probably going to miss Damn. week one. I forgot the Giants got Kevon Thibodeau. That's a good pick. Oh, they got someone else good, too. I forget. I know. They. Ha- I remember they had two cool. Two yeah, cool. Draft. They just. Oh, they yeah. got Evan Neal from, uh, from at Bama oh, yeah. at seven, which is pretty rad. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of sucks. Yeah, that's going to have Saquon's sweet. career. Just being good on a shit team and doing nothing. I've seen that there's been a was Saquon was Saquon Saquon good his rookie year. I think he's a talented running back. No, not anymore. He sucks now. Yeah, not now. Sure, he's terrible. But overall, his career, he put him on a better team. He put on the Cowboys. I think he would have done pretty well. Yeah, if you swap him and Zeke, goat like he probably was way better than Zeke, bro. Oh, without yeah, a doubt. In this, I mean, in this hypothetical, in this hypothetical universe where he's on a, he has a totally different career. It could have been good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> almost certainly, he had one good season, his rookie year. Yeah. The next year, he had a season that pretty much the identical year to the one that everyone says Zeke sucks for having every single year: a thousand yards and six touchdowns, which Zeke had last year on fewer carries, and everyone says Zeke sucks. Then the real banger, dude. 19 carries for 34 yards in two games, and then he was done for the year. Oh, that's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame year right there. And then uh 13 games for 600 yards and two touchdowns last season. Just monster, he was, dude. He was really bad. Monster. Last year. <laughs> Just, he got outplayed by Devontae Booker last year. I'm I'm bitter because I sat next to like at the time of Saquon coming out, I sat in this little like selection of desks at my office and two of the four people in our little section were like a uh two penn state vars like former penn state d1 athletes so they were like super super penn state fans and they thought they literally thought saquon barkley was like better than barry sanders like they would make arguments like that all the time dude i remember i'll never forget the 25 under 25 list like they used to come out and it was they had two running backs, and the first running back was Alvin Kamara. I was like, okay, no problem. He's coming off a great year. And the number two running back was rookie Saquon Barkley, who was over Zeke yeah. Elliott, who was back to back like rushing champs. He hadn't played a snap yet, and they had him as the second best running back over Zeke, who had literally led the league in rushing for two straight years. Like, yeah. Oh God, so frustrating. But hey, that's that's what you sign up for when you're a cowboy. Like, you just get shit on for. I mean, look at Diggs, dude. Like, if Diggs played for the fucking Browns, people would think he was so cool. Yo, like, David, he's a gambler, was, dude. That's I, tight. Like, I was getting so mad when I was reading those and 
I read a good uh, tweet from our friend uh, Dave Hellman, and he said, uh, he said something. He goes, I think it's just the Cowboys have a lot of eyeballs. And he goes, he's a uh, an, a corner who's still getting better that 32 teams would love to have that's made some really good plays and some pretty poor plays. I think it's like, it's just that simple. But he's, a, every team in the NFL would die to have Trayvon Diggs on it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. He's a third year, second round corner who's like, a first he has a first team all pro who has like, 13 career interceptions in like 20 20 games, games. Yeah. yeah well all right boys well i think that is where we should bring it to a close for this evening uh, but i have one more prompt uh um, please right before i started my wife asked um i'll tell her to skip to the end of the podcast she never listens to us but if you're listening babe um she did say for the the uninitiated cowboy fan the one that doesn't watch and doesn't follow things religiously. Uh, what are the three things that you need to know about the Cowboys heading into this year? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll field it to you boys first. Hmm, good question, Ashley. Excellent, excellent question. I would say this is a make it or break it year for the coaching staff. So we are seeing kind of the culmination of a three-year journey for uh, Kellen Moore for Mike McCarthy. Um, the Dan Quinn dynamic is there where he's kind of beloved for what he's done with the defense, but we don't know if he's here after this year. Um, so that's a big dynamic on this team. We're also seeing the latter stages of some superstars on this team. Tank Lawrence is getting towards the end of his career. Tyron Smith's getting towards the end of his career. Zeke Elliott's getting towards the end of his time with this team, most likely. And so you're probably seeing this is probably one of the last seasons where you can expect sufficient production out of those guys for them to to continue being like marquee names for this organization. And then last but not least, I think the main thing you need to know about this team is going to be that they may have the single best football player in the entire sport in Michael Parsons. Um, I, you know, it's it's tough. To, especially if you don't watch football, like telling someone that a linebacker is the best player in the whole sport, like because the the sport is so quarterback focused, mm-hmm. is tough. But Michael Parsons does things on the football field that literally no one else in this sport, full of world class athletes, can do, and he will amaze you if you watch him just on every play. So those are my three. Love it, Zach. You have an answer. We're gonna win the Super Bowl. Okay. Then you repeat okay, that yes. four times. Love it. What was Zach's the second part? best so far? Oh, then you just repeat that two more times. Okay. <laughs> this is our year. This is our year. This is our year. I'll add a fourth. Fuck Philly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Put a put a dot on it. Um, I guess for her, I'll give my three others. She hears me talk about them all the time. But for the other fans, um, I would say very simply, this is a team that has not made a conference championship in the NFC playoffs in my adulthood. And it stretches much longer than that, like 30 years. Um, I guess 25. Sorry, I don't want to shortchange it. 27. So I would say that this that is the minimum of acceptance for, for what I believe this team is. Uh, number two, um, Kellen Moore is a bum. And I will be cursing at him throughout the season. She'll just have to accept that. Um, and number three, 
we should sign Des Bryant. That's oh it. fuck yes, yes I am. Yeah, I will. I, honestly, like this team, maybe that's how you break the curse: is you bring Des back and. They need receiver help. Hey, we need red zone help, baby, and Dez can get it done. Uh, succinctly, I would say the expectations are this team needs to go to the playoffs and this group of guys needs to make a run. Yep. Like, that's minimum. If they do anything less than that, I think it's a poor year, and you really have to start to look at roster or coaching changes. There's nothing it's else. They should, there's, not, there's not a single reason that they should lose this division this year. Yep. They're the best there's team in worry. this division. There is a worry to me that we might be building up towards a rebuild, and as a result, waste some. You have a quarterback in his prime. Great players. Yeah, but I'm not convinced that that can carry a bad or mediocre team to the Super Bowl. I don't think anyone can carry a mediocre or bad team to the Super Bowl. Exactly. And so, if we lose like, a Flacco. bunch of good players. Let's say <laughs> yeah, regresses. All this shit happens. Nick We're Foles. left to a situation where okay, we have to just build up an entire team around Dak. And then you're going to have people like Parsons and Diggs who are just going to lose some prime years if that happens. While we just yeah, I mean, get a team around them. That, that's my big fear. Yeah, I, I just... If they went to the playoffs and they lose, they're not going to initiate a blow-up. Like, that's just... No, no, like, I'm talking about, like... It's not on the table. If we do... Were they fire McCarthy? Year, yes. Yes. I, I honestly God think he might be fired. McCarthy has to go to... I think McCarthy has to go to... I think McCarthy has to go to an NFC title game to keep his seat. Uh, Jerry was a uh, mic'd up last night. The fans, I heard his speech, and he called him McCarty, which I just love. So, Jerry, uh, McCarty. <laughs> Dude, you make enough money, gain enough power, you're just allowed to do whatever you want. Just like he, uh, publicly disrespect people. He was like, like well, we got, he said, we got some great players, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Lamb. And the tech guys pause like, do you think he forgot CD's first name? Like, oh, 100%. <laughs> Lamb. <laughs> oh that's uh, amazing that's amazing oh all right boys name? well um sedarian okay which he should go by honestly is yeah, so tight, awesome. dude. he sounds like a fucking roman legionary like <laughs> sedarian <laughs> so sick i'm gonna call so, him that all year oh but uh boys i think like ben mentioned we should do another episode probably we have our third and final preseason game tomorrow night against seattle uh, and then maybe we'll come back next week, do a game by game prediction for the season. And then September 11th, yeah, get I ready think to kick off regular season preview. Although we sort of already did that. So I think it'll be more of a fun game prediction. And then uh, I'll get some props. I'll, I'll look at the prop market and I'll, I'll just throw guys. I'll, I'll, I'll record y'all's predictions on over unders for fun. I like it. So, and loser like has it. to get punched in the face by the other one or something. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Violence. Perfect. Oh, so, all right, boys. Anything else before we get out of here? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a little personal note. I started uh, kind of getting into the Falcons. Don't okay. ask me why. I just did. And uh, oh, man, okay. that team is fucked. Yeah, that's just sad. I was going to say that's sad. This is a sad story. Do you just watch Kyle Pitts highlights over and over again? Well, it's, no, it's just, just like how uh, our team kind of our team kind of broke in that moment in Green Bay where the Dez catch happened. Like the 28 to 3 oh, thing God, is going to yeah. take 50 years for the Falcons to ever get over like to this day, if they ever engage in any football discussion anywhere with anyone, everyone just goes, yeah, I mean, but 28 to three though, to them and it's over. They're instantly, they instantly lose. Like that sucks, dude. 
after the two yeah. times we kicked their ass, I started watching some like Atlanta sports media guys and their responses to it because I thought it was hilarious. But it kind of made me like them. And I just kind of been yeah. following it a little bit. And it's just like, man, I'm glad this is not my real team. This is team I keep yeah, an eye dude. on. But like, oh God, yeah. I I you, you can know what's see sad the about that is in that's their like eyes. Another team, which by the way, Dan Quinn was their coach during this period that made a Super Bowl before us. Like I think of how sad some of these franchises are and how they've had like more recent good playoff runs than we have. I mean, might as well ask me, you think so. the Bengals are going to make another run? Probably not the Super Bowl, no. but deep. Because no. I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't even make the playoffs. I think um, they're going to regress. Yeah. They'll regress. They'll make the playoffs. Like, I, I mean, think last, they got year, lucky. last year they got outgained in every single playoff game. Like, they're the only team to win with, like, sacks. They had pin- they they had a really fluky year, to be honest, that I don't think can be rep- – just like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, that was really fluky and – Obviously, they were never able to muster up any sort of contention after that. I think the Bengals are better, to be fair, because Joe Cool's sick and Jamar Chase is awesome. But you know, anyway. and that's about it <laughs> on that team, honestly. Like, yeah. Uh, but yes, we will be back after this uh, third and final preseason game. We'll go through a little bit of the uh, go through a little bit of the game by game analysis, and we'll get ready for that first kickoff. Until then. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like what you heard, join us for another year. I think this is season six of Boys Will Be Boys, which is crazy. Uh, but we'll be here every week with a uh, game analysis, a prediction, and projection of the following week's game. And, uh, you know, witty banter among friends, which, you know, for those of you out there who don't have friends, we'll be your friends. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we'll we'll clue you into the latest and greatest in uh in cool movies to go see. I mean, you got to hear about the desolation of Smaug this week. I mean, you wouldn't have known about that movie otherwise. So, yeah. As always, thank you so much for joining us. This is Andy, Benjamin Walker, Zachary Love. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace. <laughs>